say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that loves everything from the Black Forest. Not just the UFOs. We love the ham. We love the cake. We love the gummy bears. You name it. Uh, well, we just like the food. Anyway, this is Hysteria 51. John does love him some Black Force Nazis, too, is what we're getting at here. Wait, it's not... Uh, not, not. Don't forget was... the ghosts. I love a good Black Forest ghost. Or Nazi ghost, for that matter. <laughs> Any dead Nazi, really. You haven't even been to Germany. Anyway, we are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. My name is John Goforth, and alongside to pick apart this craziness are the preeminent patterings of one Mr. Brent Hand. <laughs> Thanks, John. I'm, I'm not sure what that means per se, but I'll take it as a compliment because I, most things about me are complimentary anyway. Uh, anyway, as you mentioned, we're headed to the Black Forest this week to talk everyone's favorite Nazi UFO. Well, Nazis and UFOs, but as soon as they get their hands on it, it just becomes a Nazi UFO. Sure. That's just how it works. Whatever it is, I think I see becomes a Nazi UFO to me. Remember that uh, Tootsie Roll commercial from like the seventies? Well, yeah, I just don't remember the Nazi UFO part of it. Oh well, it was it was subliminal. You know, it was the understood oh, okay. you. You know, I thought you were going to tell me that that's just what they ran in uh, in Oklahoma. <laughs> well, but before we do that, speaking of more Nazi propaganda, I wanted to touch on something else. As you know, the Snyder Cut of Justice League came out. That might not be Nazi propaganda. I just threw that part in and it's for the <laughs> viewers to decide on their own. But it came out last month to lots of love and lots of hate around it. And you actually posted about it on Hysteria Nation, and uh, it was divisive, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, so I thought we'd, we could discuss it on here real quick because you seem to have a, a big love for that movie. Well, okay. So, uh, Nation, if you're one of the few that's not familiar, the movie Justice League came out, originally directed by Zack Snyder. Considered his DC universe, they're calling it the Snyderverse. It was Man of Steel, then it was Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. And then um, and the Justice League was supposed to be the first in, in the trilogy, really, of, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe the final arc of, of the Snyderverse, who knows, but then, um, uh, not too far into shooting, uh, at some point, uh, um, Zach had a terrible tragedy in his family. I believe his daughter uh, passed away. She committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and so he he and his wife, who is also a producer on the film, stepped back from the movie. They just you know obviously got to take care of their family. So they brought in Joss Whedon, and they created the um, um, the theatrical release and. Uh, Joss reshot a bunch of scenes, made it a lot more comical, lightened it up, added levity where he didn't think there was enough levity. And it sounds like shit all over everyone involved. It was an absolute terror to work with. Yeah, yeah. Ray Fisher uh, literally has come out on Twitter and talked about how he felt like Joss Whedon basically harassed him. And, yeah. Well, uh, and, and now and Gail Gadot and Jason Momoa, though their their comments are sealed, they have too. And then Charisma yeah. Carpenter, who worked with them previously, it's one of those things where you kind of open the floodgates and everyone goes, yeah, he was yeah, an asshole. Yeah, that guy asshole. is an asshole. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> so, um, 
so the big fervor has been um we want to see Zach's original vision. There's a lot of, of, of uh, movie that was uh, hit the, hit the cutting room floor because of this. And we want to see the Snyder cut. And, and that, that, that internet fervor turned into a reality because we were in the middle of the pandemic and it was hard to cut new stuff or create new movies. And they were launching HBO max and needed content for it. W- uh, Warner brothers did. Thus we have the release of the Snyder cut. And it, instead of being a two hour movie, it is a four-hour-long opus. Hold on, hold on, to, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. It's four hours and two minutes, my friend. Let's, ah, not, my let's not trim my that. Bad. It's true. <laughs> opus to the Snyderverse. I mean, if, if you like or if you like the way that Zack Snyder perceives the DC universe, it is it it revels in it. It rolls around in it and, and calls it its its you know best friend. If you don't, it, 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 you're not going to like this. And, uh, and so the question is, you know, like, what do you think? What, what, um, it's obviously very different from the movie that came out in theaters. And I asked on Hysteria Nation what everybody thought, and there were some strong opinions. Um, my take on it, Brent, is I loved it. I, mm-hmm. I really like Zack Snyder. I've liked him since, you know, I mean, we talked about, when we talked about zombies in like our third episode, I mentioned one of my favorite movies ever is Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, and yeah. that was, that was one of his original, uh, one of his, his first remake, uh, direct- yeah. Yeah, 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 the remake. And, you know, he went on to do 300 and a number of other things. And so I just love Zack Snyder as a as a filmmaker. And I love what he did with these characters. And um, I so to watch it, I went back and watched the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman, which was also a bunch of added footage. Uh, it's three hours long. It's also on HBO Max. And then went and watched this four-hour in chunks. I didn't do it all in one sitting. Uh, this four hour thing. And I got to tell you, I just, I loved every bit of it. I, I, yeah. Is four hours too much for one movie? Generally speaking, it is. Um, This is a really special circumstance. I think it would have been better served as two or three movies, of course, but given the special circumstance, I thought they did a marvelous job with it. Uh, The one, the one piece of criticism I've heard that I, I, I I can get behind, I get is wow. He likes slow-mo a lot. Uh, Yeah. There's a lot of slow-mo, like a quarter of the movies in slow-mo. The other one that I thought was a weird choice, which I just bumped, uh, it's shot in four, three for IMAX and it's not going to be on IMAX, which is a weird flex. Um, I just had my, my computer. No, they are going to, they are going to release it in IMAX, but it's not right now. So like, it's not right now. You're right. You know, you know, I just had my, my TV, uh, you know, upscale it and I didn't even notice it. You know what I mean? So that wasn't that big of a deal, but it was a, a, a weird thing. It's a weird thing, but it's also a weird thing to, to be really bothered by that. Well, like, it's, there it's, are people that have like gone on, on, on tangents for paragraph after paragraph on the internet about how, how this four three thing just cannot stand. Like, well, calm down. It's a. It is movie. weird. I also think it was dumb to release in that though. You know, because you're 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 missing large chunks of the movie. But hey, I'm not. You know, I, those are those are beyond me. But you gotta understand, we're we're we're, we're dealing with people that have no skin in the game. So by God, they're gonna fucking flex their muscles online. You know, yeah, they yeah. they were cracking their fingers before they started typing in all caps and a lot of these things. And it just makes me laugh because. You know, I, I really like DC characters much more than Marvel in the comic books. Unfortunately, right. the screen, they've never really um, transferred well. And this is the best case scenario we've seen for them to be comic book accurate. And I think a lot of people were just so ready to say it sucked and failed before they even saw it because of what it is, because that's society. Listen, if you don't like it, that's fair. Like nobody, uh, that's I, I am great, not yeah. here. But don't say fuck me or piss on me because I liked it. 
or vice right, versa. Right. I, I and I'm not the arbiter of all things uh, uh, comic books. I will say, I think that it's a little misplaced. There are people out there that look at it and they go, "This just isn't good as the Marvel stuff." Uh, we like the Marvel stuff. It's it's a little brighter. It's happier. It's blah blah blah. Oh, okay, but that's also if you were a, a comic book fan and have been a comic book fan, Marvel has also a brighter and happier universe. Yeah. Like DC has always been darker and it's always been different. And um, like the, 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 I, that's what I, that's one of the choices I like uh, from Zach that you're making everything a little darker because that's what the DC universe has I always. Think that's why I gravitated like to towards their, their characters more because they had um, uh, for a lot of purposes or a lot of times they had a little bit more grittier, uh, yes. uh, tales, but it's all subjective. You didn't like it. It's okay. You don't have to shit on one another. Uh, you can do that in the comfort of your own home as long as you're both consensual. Consenting adults? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then shit away. Well, now, uh, what will be interesting, I, so I saw a post just the other day from Kevin Smith um, getting behind, you know, he's actually, I mean, he's a, speaking of arbiters of taste, I mean, he is he is one of the preeminent voices in the comic book world, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And um, he he's all behind it. He's like restore the Snyderverse. He you know he he went on a long rant about it. Um, I will. So it, a couple things have come to light. Uh, the new Robert Pattinson Batman is uh, going to be on Earth Two. Um, as uh, when I say Earth Two, if you don't know, what I'm talking about because of Flashpoint, there are like infinite Earths, and uh, and and so they, they you know they're alter, alternate dimension, alternate realities, or, infinite Earths, or fifty two, right? depending on which version they're going down. But yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. So they're kind of embracing that in the DCEU so they can continue to have, uh, for instance, you know, the, the, the CW shows and they continue to have the movie series and they, they might have the same characters played by different actors. And basically the conceit is that they all do exist just on different Earths. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, Ezra Miller made a, um, a, a small a cameo, cameo yeah. a, uh, in, uh, in the Flash television show when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths. Anyway, the point is, uh, we found out that Robert Pattinson's Batman is Earth Two, so that creates a little bit of room, little wiggle room. If if HBO Max and Warner Brothers decided that there was enough money to be made to restore the Snyder, well, as they already said, like the Joker with uh, Joaquin Phoenix wasn't in the main universe either. Like right. they've done right, right. things like this a lot. Uh, it, it's great if they want to do it. I hope so. I also saw people going, I can't believe they gave in to people's demands. Well, guess what? These people are the ones that are paying for it. So, you know, uh, hopefully- I don't understand that. I don't understand that uh, that mentality because, like, we live in a capitalism, oh, capitalistic society. Like, damned if I'm going to listen to my customers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the people that are going to pay for this shit? No way. Now you're uh, talking. I, I, Fuck them. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, well, old Botboo's uh, <laughs> maestro over there knows what we're talking about. I mean, that is the approach we take with this podcast. The last people we want to hear from is you, the listener. But that's just because we're lazy. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to change anything because that would require work. And uh, so, no, I mean, in conclusion, Brent, I... It sounds like we both liked it. I think I liked it more than you did. No, I, I, I did really like it, though. Yeah. You did like it. Okay. Yeah, but and, it's not, and, you know, I think it had. I am love. looking forward. You know, you know, originally they, um, I, another thing I saw, this this ties into you. Um, originally, Zach had written in uh, 
a Green Lantern um, to be the yeah. that kind of final scene where yeah. the Martian Manhunter and they came they eighty sixed it. DC said absolutely not under no circumstances. He actually said in the interview that he threatened to quit and they would not budge. So he <laughs> made it Martian Manhunter. Uh, it was going to be John Stewart. Uh, yeah, John Stewart yeah, yeah. version, or uh, that not version, John Stewart as the Green Lantern that showed up. So, which, but that also implies that there's exciting things coming for Green Lantern. There was not, a I mean, little uh, bit of a little Easter egg to it uh, on one of the newspapers that like they showed. It said such and such architectural firm is looking for a new head architect. Blah blah blah. He was an architect, and uh-huh. I think that was like a little nod to like, hey, he's now a Green Lantern, so he's not doing his architecture anymore. And he was a Marine, and you know all that shit. There was also a land a dead lantern in the uh nightmare sequence i believe that looked to be kilowog yeah kilowog yep and uh and so and and that that lots of like and then of course there was the lantern in the uh in the flashback sequence to the original mother boxes that's yeah which they did a little i don't know which one that was which i mean i so uh, yeah it's it's yalan gur he was a former uh green lantern of space sector 2814 and people i saw online were like he looks so stupid that is what the motherfucker looks like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they so were, I don't. I, they were. They were being. Uh, you know. Uh, they were being honest to what he's supposed to look like. I'm not a. I'm not a Green Lantern guy like you. So is this character one that was just alive back then and yeah. still alive? No, he's not. He's he's an old Green Lantern that's not there anymore. Uh, oh, he was, okay, gotcha. He was um, Abin Sur, I believe, is the one who took over after him, and then Hal Jordan took over after that. Got it. So it's just kind of a known old dude from no, not past. known to a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but known to, but known cool to people they, who have rooms full of Green Lantern stuff, right? Like, this is like five thousand <laughs> plus years ago, so you know he was there five thousand. Yeah, it was years like the, ago, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I, I I think that I think that whatever is coming for Green Lantern will be cool. Other, I mean, I, I guess they've confirmed there's a HBO Max TV show coming. Yeah, yeah. But um, hey, this isn't the DC hour. This is the Nazi hour. <laughs> That's yeah. So going from the Snyder verse to darkness to the Hitler verse, get into Nazis. Yes. yes. I can't believe I'm almost excited to exclaim this. It's Nazi week on hysteria. 51 getting back to your roots. I see. Not sure how to take that. John. <laughs> yeah. If you're new to the show, uh, excited, it, it, is more rooted in our history with doing these episodes and uh, and the amount of times the Nazis have come up in other stories that we've told. Right. When we started out uh, five years ago now, you know, we started talking about all the weird shit Nazi hats. That's it. Our first one was with Antarctica. And now we've looked back on it and it just seems that they have crept their way into so many of these stories, like it or not. Well, because they they dealt in UFOs, they dealt in the occult, they dealt in other Fordian topics. They were believers in all this jazz, and the to the point where they they sought it out. And then we became known as probably the the international foremost experts on the Nazi bell. Well, according to uh, wartime online, no war history, history online. Come on now, get it right. And what was that other? Um, uh, there's another one that quoted us and called us historians. <laughs> Well, which is accurate. The which is Gaka, accurate. you know, and the the Nazi bell we were talking about. Whatever that. the historian version of scientician is. <laughs> yeah. the and then uh, then we got into um, Pepperidge uh, Farm. Remember, we got into Hitler 
allegedly faking his own death, and we spend a lot of time in the funeral bunker. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Well, and then you know the reptilians and how they, uh, they, they, you know, rule all that shit. And then the Hollow Earth and how he's down there. And then Argentina mm-hmm. and you know and how all the Nazis go there. And then. Uh, the Nazi bell and the Nazis on the moon. And well, part of the Nazi bell, Nazi too, was the Wunderwaffe. Yeah. The Wunderwaffe, the, the, the wonder weapons. Yeah. Um, and this was, you know, listen, all of this, a lot of it's fake. Most of it's fake. But the stuff that was, tr- it, it's it, it's one of those things that's rooted in a kernel of truth. And that's, uh, and, and. That's the slippery slope, but that's also where all the this was the the kernel of truth was that Hitler and his henchmen were looking for every advantage, domestic, international, or intergalactic, or not, to try to take over the world. And uh, and if that came from the help of a gray alien, cool. If that came from the help of an interdimensional traveling band of uh, hippopotamus, great. It didn't matter. Uh, they'd take it. And so everyone knows um, hippopotami can't interdimensionally travel. And now they're all stupider for hearing you say stuff like that on this show. <laughs> they come here with an expectation and you shit all over it. Speaking of kernels, you're just shitting kernels of corn all over that. Come on. <laughs> I and apologize, now we're back. Nation. And now we are back. So. Brent, you said that we're back to Nazis this week. Yeah. In what way? Well, we're are we starting back to Nazis? out uh, Nazis this week. We're not starting out. We're coming back to Nazis this week. We're talking about an incident, and this incident, or I should say, rumored incident. Oh, you should say rumored. It's on this oh, show. You should. So rumored is a given. Good point from you know both. He's of you. right. Yeah, uh, this is a big one, kids. It's the one they say they being insert whatever. Entity you want uh, that sent the Nazis down the path of scientific advancement. Let's be honest. By they, we mean whatever whatever idiot author penned another fake book in the nineties. The nineties were the were the decade of hey, I'm just going to throw the Nazis behind this random thing and say they did it. Right, unless you look at the 80s, 70s, 60s, or 50s. Word. <laughs> because I, but yeah, I think it culminated in the 90s. There was just a lot of it in the 90s. A lot of authors like, oh yeah, I think the Nazis, um, yeah, they destroyed the pyramids. Wait, the pyramids aren't even destroyed. Well, just ask any anonymous source. They'll tell you. They'll, 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 they'll back me up. <laughs> so to learn, though, it all fits together. John, to learn about the 30s, we need to, to make a pit stop in said 90s. Uh, remember that pesky thing called the Iron Curtain? Barely. I use Manscaped now with promo code Hysteria, so it's gone. (laughs) Thanks, shameless promotion bot. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so the Iron Curtain we're speaking of was uh, less shaved off and more toppled over uh, after the dissolution of the Soviet Union. But, you know, semantics. We're splitting airs here. Uh, This this led to a lot of reports coming to the light of day. Truly, it did. A lot of uh, before... Uh, this time, a lot of stuff that was classified was just not in the light of day. And then, well, with the fall of that government, uh, docu- <laughs> classified documents were no longer classified because the government wasn't in charge, or the people that were over them started selling them and things like that. You know, so yeah, it's more likely. Yeah, yeah, this stuff sees the light of day. Information starts being leaked out, or at least claimed to have been leaked out. That's a big one, and that's kind of like what you were alluding to. Claims of leaks, and that enters into and enters into this week UFO stuff. It's the it's the classic. Uh, can you show us the documents? No, I saw them. I can tell you what was on them because I saw them, but I can't show them to you, silly. I didn't take a picture or Which make sadly, a copy or anything like that. That happens a lot 
one way or the other. Uh, and it happens so much that then we just, you know, people make it up or, you know. Well, the boy who cried wolf, right? Oh, no God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So specifically, though, you know, I said enter the UFO stuff. Specifically, one report we're focusing on this week and the less on that report because there's not a lot of information on that and more of what they say was the aftermath or, or what it caused. But specifically, so the is the crash UFO or a crash UFO in the Black Forest near Freiburg at some point in the year of our Lord, 1936. In a row. Do, do I think his pop culture chip needs adjusting? I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Don't tease us with heaven. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, a few things I'd like to note. Uh, first, Black Forest. Black Forest cake is delicious. Ham's um, good. Uh, Black Forest ham's great. In preparation for this, you had me um, watch a uh, documentary uh, about uh, this crash. I would loosely and, refer to that as a documentary. Uh, an amalgamation of of uh, alleged stories. <laughs> it is. It is. My favorite part about the, the documentary, Alien Contact, NASA Exposed. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> available on Prime now, two and a half stars. Um so my favorite part about this is like uh, let's use a, let's use ancient aliens as an example. I think we can all agree that at least a portion of the information they pass along on ancient aliens is at best conjecture, right? And right. they always phrase it as such. Could it be? Could it be? Uh, ancient alien theorists postulize yeah. you know like it, it's it's all like basically this is a hypothesis we're guessing like that you said postulize instead of theorize so we don't have to give the boys in canada a quarter for their podcast good call yes, on that exactly one. exactly i i was avoiding that um the uh, alien contact nasa exposed doesn't bother with all that you know jazz it just states everything is fact. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, this UFO crashed, Hitler took it, he 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 reverse engineered it, and we'll get into the details, but it's just, it's so great. And they, they're they just using, like, with p- pictures and, and, and propaganda films, and they're just talking over it and stuff. It's fantastic. The oh, way yeah, a like, documentary should be. But he'll talk about like some some rocketeer from from, from you know uh, uh, it wasn't Werner von Braun but like Werner von Braun but it'll actually be a pic- picture of Hitler walking with like Rommel yeah <laughs> or they're showing the rockets they had and they're just talking yo he was known to have had sixteen fingers and and uh, <laughs> could talk to the Vril Society through osmosis what I mean you could literally get a subscription to like uh, some sort of um, you know the you know the the uh, stock they you know the stock video websites where you just go get stock video. Yeah, you could get a subscription to a stock video website and a decent microphone, and make a documentary that's more informative. Well, this motherfucker was not Nazi and NASA are us because they had lots of Nazi and lots of NASA stuff. That's true. On there. Never a straight answer. Anyway, <laughs> all right. I guess we should probably get into the story. Yeah. So yeah, back to it. Uh, this wasn't just any crash, sub John, that we're talking about. I'm sure you've all heard of all of them. Well, this is the crash, as we said before. According to claims by people, the SS were quick to recover this downed vehicle. And true or false of a story, as John did say, Hitler did dabble in the weird. Uh, in fact, dabble is probably a vast understatement. Something like this happening would have piqued the SS's interest. Yahtzee, a fucking spaceship, or whatever fucking dumb shit Nazi fucknuts yelled. Bratwurst. Maybe. I'm not, Maybe. I don't know. But that one, you know, 
it rings true in my heart. Cheese muffins. I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, it, it was then supposedly though. So they, they they've got a they get word that a ship has went down. They go. They get uh, it. D- you know, they say, hey, Fuhrer, there is a UFO down on the ground. Do you want us to go get it? And he says, yes. <laughs> Dynamic drop Just in very there. calmly. Very, uh, uh, but then they say, are you sure you, do, you don't want us to leave it there? And he says, nine, 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 nine. We're just, okay, sir, we get it. We're we get it. We're, back we'll go get it right now. days, John, when we were both in our 30s <laughs> doing this show. Oh, tear. Anyway. Uh, so they go, they get this because he's They at, do go get it, he's right? He's nine. And, and in secret, mind you. And they transport it to the main Nazi headquarters at, at Velsberg Castle uh, and some of the other top secret locations near Austria and this and that and the other. There's, there's all sorts of places they said they took pieces. They did this in such secret that if you Google it, you won't really find, you know, other websites that talk about it. Right. Well, and you speaking of this castle, you've probably all seen it. It's this famous, like, Triangle, three-pillar tall building built in the early 1600s. Well, guess what? Now it's got a fucking alien spacecraft. Now what? Well, I'll tell you now what, John. I'll tell you, baby birds. I'll feed you. Party time! German scientists and engineers, they get started giving it the old Lazar treatment. What does the old Lazar treatment mean? Well... Means reverse they signed a bunch of posters crap. and sold them for 20 bucks a piece? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Means reverse engineering this craft, mother truckers. Come on oh. now. And this is just a three short year burst before old WW2 started. And war is on their minds. Story goes, they worked fast to extract as much whatever technology that they could uh, that they at least hope they would be able to use to advance their war effort for the upcoming war. God knows war is always on my mind. That's true. At least he's, at least he's on the up and up. Adolf and his band of merry fuckwads, as we like to call them, uh, were already scheming and they, they had their, their scientists were already hard at work making life shit for people and uh, doing experiments on human beings and torture and all sorts of shit. So this, uh, for better or worse, fits right in with, yeah, yes. So, so far, if you're with us, the claim is that there was a UFO that went down. They spotted it. The SS went and grabbed it. They brought it back to a secret location. And now they are sucking all of the technology out of it. They are they are uh, reverse engineering it and are going to use it to create uh, more more Wunderwaffe. Yeah, they're suckling more... at the alien tech teat. Yeah, yes. For, for a... Ooh, I like that. Alien tech teat. Speaking of teats, thought experiment time. Not about teats at all. Let's assume this and stories like it, many of which we covered in here to be true for a moment. You know, suspension of disbelief. Sure. Could they have contributed to the advancements of German scientists? Like, do would you say that that is... Would that have been, or would they have been so far advanced if you have a downed craft that there is no way at that point in time, and I know this is just a thought experiment, because how do we fucking know? Do you think that scientists back then would have been able to unlock it, or would they have just been like, I don't know what this is? Because that factors into the story coming up, you know, and I don't know. It's a, it's a weird way to look at it. I don't, well, how's this? If in our thought experiment these things happened i think i'm probably fall more to the they didn't uh, they weren't able to unlock it because had they been able to unlock it they would have won the war i mean reverse engineering a if they could have reversed engineered a pc from the 90s they would have won the war i mean the the, the advancement like of technology just by 
by 50 years would have would have turned the tide of the world. You know, John Tidor on their side. Otherwise, he'd been going again. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> much less. <laughs> <laughs> But, but seriously, much less um, alien technology that could uh, allow them to travel at speeds faster than the speed of light and warp and do all of this other crazy shit and, and weapons beyond measure of power. Yeah, they would have won the war. Why do we always assume that's the shit and it's not just an intergalactic garbage barge that just had a Because you function. have to have technology that, that's that advanced to get to us. But what if it was just destroyed and, and, that's, and it didn't have weaponry? What? I was just looking for an excuse to be able to say garbage barge. I, I, Don't put too much effort into your answer. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, garbage barge. Is that is that what was stuck in the canal? No, that a was a container ship at a ten billion dollars a day, which is just a hard fucking figure to even comprehend. The evergreen. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many jokes to be made there. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's a fair question. I, I just, I, my opinion is that in in this thought experiment if they did have the technology they did not unlock right well uh, at least we don't need the thought experiments to put on this suspension of disbelief because we got eyewitnesses of sorts all right so here we go remember how this is all claims from the the the, the, are we talking about the pope Pfizer? well it's almost a claim from 2013 an unnamed author claimed in an online article (laughs) well you already got me i'm in Already firing an unnamed all author cylinders. in an online article. And Go. I'll explain why I'm I'm saying it these ways later in the show. You'll see it, but that he had recovered a pair of field glasses used by one of the SS officers on the night that the UFO crashed. Now, how would he know this info, John? Well, you simple-minded fool! By channeling through this item, of course, he could do that. He was a channeler. Not only did he see the craft. There was a survivor from the craft. It's a lot easier to unlock the the science secrets when you got someone there. What's more, hold on. You ready for this? You were wrong about that whole traversing space and everything. These occupants weren't alien. They were humans from the future. Uh. Oh. Oh. Although I was pretty close on the Pope visor. Yeah, well, the chrono visor, uh, a Nazi, uh, what are those called? Uh, SS goggles? Nazi blue blockers? One or the other. Nazi. My name is Adolf. I put them on as a shocker, man. I love Nazi blue blockers. You know. Six, six one half dozen yeah. the other, yeah. Good Lord, we need a break. <laughs> uh, let's go to break. When we come back, what's all the fuzz with the Black Force and 36? What, what's going on? We're going to break it down even more. That's coming up next on Hysteria 51. This is the kind of episode that makes you wonder what you're doing with your life. Makes me wonder what you're doing with your life. I know exactly what I'm doing with my life. Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing? I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor and we use it. Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. (laughs) 
I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. That's <laughs> what it, it's like. What are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm-hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Someone, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that. And there is a 50% offer. So it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If for some reason you're just joining us, which makes no sense because this is the podcast, you can start at any point in time. Let's catch him up, John. <laughs> Brand, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to address something that you said before the break. I said episodes like this make you wonder what you're doing with your life, and you said no, it makes me wonder what you're doing with your life. That's fair. That's true. But do you ever look at Seabot and wonder what you're doing with your life? Because you must at least have that reservation. I wonder what he's doing with my life, and that's more the scary part. But you created him. So. Well, that's, you know, you created your son. He'll probably kill you one day. <laughs> Did you just compare Seabot to my son? I mean, compare, contrast, one or the other. I don't know. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Back to the show. Back to our summation. In 1936, UFO crashed in the Black Forest of Germany. It didn't have uh, cake or ham attached to it, unfortunately. So no one was really interested until the Nazis got it. Everyone's good buddy, old Adolf Hitler, ordered a full-scale investigation. Boom! The Nazis began reverse engineering the technology. Everyone's up to date, firing on all cylinders. Good, great, grand, let's get going. Scientists, including those like the Horton brothers, who were big into making airplanes, officers, everyone took jabs at it. Uh, they combined with occult influences, real society, P.S., and early concept of quantum physics. This is all coming from the online 
we're going to call them brochures about this because someone online said so and they developed the V2 rocket and countless other devices that seemingly came out of nowhere were because of this back engineering. It's almost these stories are um, are kind of like 40 and Mad Libs. Right. Insert uh, V2. We, we, haven't insert, we haven't inserted the Thule Society yet. Are we getting there? Horton Brothers. Um, Horton. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we had the Vril. Uh, all right. Good, good. Uh, Diglaka is coming next. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, oh, are, are we going to do the undead? Mm-hmm. Are the undead part of this? I don't know. We'll get there. And we'll get there. Uh, but oh, we do have aliens. So let's go, let's go back to the ship. Let's talk about the ship, John. Well, it's made from unknown materials to man. At least these men at the time, because wait, remember, wait a second, it's unknown to us. But since there was humans in it, to it's man not unknown time, to man. Exactly. Now, I, I say by materials, it's a metal or an alloy that they they could not replicate. They tried and tried to replicate it with no expense spared, and they did make saucers trying to uh, use what they were coming up with, and it was unstable. And they made a lot of stuff. We're going to get into that. They were trying and trying and trying. The the wah wah was the war ended before they completed the work, all because the metal was not able to be recreated. It's always the metal. This is another one of those places where there's a kernel of truth. Wait, wait. If I don't want to give away whether I'm a believer in the story or not, but the kernel of truth is the Nazis really were. There's like there's film of it creating flying saucers. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, at the time, everyone was kind of experimenting with that. Everybody was experimenting with flying saucers. Right, 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 right. And whether they actually flew, whether they, I mean, they weren't worth a shit. They they were big tubs that fell out of the sky. But the point is, they were experimenting with that. So you can latch on to that and say a whole bunch of other things. Well, they say that they, in, in the whole experiments, they did a, finally made a metal out of aluminum and magnesium. They came the closest. And they ended up with a ship that they compared to ball lightning. Makes you think of the Foo Fighters. It caused this electrical interference with ships. It flew at over 1,200 miles an hour. It was all very agile. And it's also all true Scouts honor. Just ask the anonymous sources online that are telling us about this stuff. Holy hell. But like you said, kernels of truth. There were so many Nazi scientific advancements in this time period. A lot of times people like to blame other things. Let's talk about known things they, they did invent. The particle board. The V2 rocket, the V3E super gun, this was that gun that they would put, like, I don't know, hundreds of feet long barrels and they could shell London from super far away. Enigma machine, the world's first jet-powered fighter planes and bombers. Jets. Went from prop planes to jets. Uh, The Z-series computers, tons of computers are coming out then, including their own uh, programming language. The Pentium 1. (laughs) I I made that up. Sauron gas. There's a lot of different gases. Horrible shit. Oh, Tabin. Yeah, we talked about that. uh, We talked about that with uh, the Japanese uh, experiment. Unit 731. Yeah, that's it. Anti-ship missiles. Acoustic torpedoes. The Volkswagen Beetle. Then you get into the scary, scary, scary warmongering shit fanta soda and jägermeister both came out during <laughs> world war ii you know fanta, oh you forgot baron yager baron yager the honey flavored one uh real quick fanta came out because they couldn't get coca-cola any- anymore over there so they started making their own soda using apple pulp and uh fanta don't you wanna huh interesting i did not know that um speaking of Vol- uh, volkswagen did you hear the the little the little brouhaha they've had over the last couple of days 
Nation, we are we are recording this just after April Fool's Day, and uh, and the, the Volkswagen had to come out and say, no, we are not renaming our company Volkswagen, like V O L T S wagon, um, because that rumor had been spread around. Apparently, it was just like this this marketing ploy that uh, they were doing for uh, April Fool's Day that nobody realized was a marketing ploy, and like they just like the entire world thought they were actually renaming the company no shit yeah <laughs> i can't decide if i can't decide if it's like you know they say all uh, no no pr is bad pr i'm like i don't um, I, maybe yeah man i don't know people are talking about them yeah right at least they're not talking about the fact they used to be a nazi company yeah yeah, yeah. uh do you got any of those uh disposable lives we could use for our company what do you call them again <laughs> yeah anyway oh it's like uh it's like a uh, uh, bear aspirin you know I, you know that used to be i uh, what was it? I I B G Farvin. Farv- yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I probably said that wrong, but like, yeah, yeah. They they used to make those gases. And it's not good. Uh, yeah, I G Farben. Yeah, was what they you know, and that's ooh, Frankfurt, Germany. There were hot dogs over there. You know how it goes. Nazi disclaims, John. You kind of uh, alluded to this. There's there's a lot of them. Even though stuff like this that is just people are just saying it and they're anonymous there's a lot of it that was true like you had stated the earliest non-fiction talk of nazi flying saucers appears to have been an article which appeared in the italian newspaper giornal di italia in early 1950 and it was written by this professor giuseppe beluzzo he's an italian scientist and a former italian minister of national economy under the Mussolini regime, he claimed that types of flying saucers were designed and studied in Germany and Italy as early as 42. And Beluzzo also expressed the opinion that some great power is launching discs to study them. Now, these are claims. Every time he made these claims, he held his thumb to his ring finger and his middle finger and held them uh, on both hands and held them up to the sky as he made these claims. Thumb to his ring finger and his middle finger. Do it, do it, and and to my now room. do it and start talking. Oh God! Hey, Beluzo! <laughs> Everybody, you're sitting there right now trying it. Ha <laughs> ha! Except for our buddy Phil Savaggio, who's already doing it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just naturally. The yeah. same month, though, German engineer Rudolf Schriever uh, gave an interview to German news magazine Der Spiegel, in which he claimed that he had designed a craft powered by a circular plane of rotating turbine blades. 49 feet or about 15 meters in diameter. He said the project had been developed by uh, him and his team at B&W, speaking of uh, German wartime fuckheads, Prague's works until <laughs> April 45 when he fled to Czechoslovakia. And his designs for the disc and a model were stolen from his workshop in in 1948, and he's convinced that the Czech agents had built a craft for a foreign power. And these are all things that they took at least serious enough that they were they were they were putting them out as serious. And then in in 1953, Avro Canada announced that it had developed the VZ9 AV Avro car, a circular jet aircraft with an estimated speed of 1,500 miles an hour. And German engineer George Klein claimed that such designs had been developed during the Third Reich. I mean, that's a lot of stuff coming out talking about this. And Klein identified two types of supposed German flying discs. He said there was a non-rotating disc developed by Bruce Lau and V2 rocket engineer Richard Meith, uh, which was captured by the Soviets when uh, Meith fled to the U.S. via France and ended up working for 
Avro. And then uh, the disc developed by Rudolf Schreiber and Klaus Hamburgmull at Prague, which consisted of a ring of moving turbine blades around a fixed cockpit. Klein claimed that he had witnessed the craft's first manned flight on 14 February 1945 when it managed to climb to 40,700 feet in three minutes and attained a speed of 2,200 kilometers or 1,400 miles per hour in flight. And there is no shortage of similar claims from people that were in those areas or or could make these claims but yet we don't have a lot of we don't have these discs flying around to say here they are well and also let's like these are just claims i mean you're saying that it went double like 1400 miles per hour is double the speed of sound so it sonic boomed in three minutes went to forty thousand feet in 1945 like that does not fit with our traditional understanding of the technological progression of aeronautics, right? So the first sonic boom was October of 1947 uh, at 45,000 feet. Chuck Yeager, Chuck Yeager. They're saying they beat Chuck Yeager by two years. By two years, and also going going straight up. They're go, go, they're going vertically, not horizontally. Oh well, no! So they said they went to that, and then it could reach a speed going horizontally of 1,400 miles an hour in flight. So it wasn't lifting up that fast, but yeah, yeah. But still, it was still, yeah, yeah, you're right. But still, going to 40,000 feet in three minutes is very fast. Yeah. Uh, um, not if that, you're a, a Nazi super weapon. Come on now. Oh, no, my point is that, like, <laughs> even these more, these more uh, traditional claims are still untraditional as it comes to our understanding For what we do. of no, like, the development exactly of right. modern aeronautics. Exactly. And these were, cl- these were written in, in uh, you know, bigger publications as as fact so yeah it's crazy let's go to break and let's break down some of these claims outside of that the more fun ones the ones we like the bullshit ones that's coming up after the break on hysteria 51 wait there were some that weren't John, we got secret SS documents, anonymous writers. Why always this crap? When researching stuff, this is a common theme that comes up. And I'll find threads with people mentioning this topic online when I was looking it up. And one of the things that I found a lot were people asking where it came from because they're like, okay, this is great. And you guys are talking about this like it's the gospel. Everyone knows about the Freiburg incident of 36 or the Black Forest incident and, you know, the different things they call it. Can you show me where you're saying any of this stuff's coming from? And the common theme was, no, we can't. That's because it's all copy and pasted from the, the website prior exactly to exactly right. There are no places seen to cite good sources or even shaky at best sources. It's just hearsay from uh, the upspringing of the Internet in the 90s. But the author that wrote it in the 90s. But plenty of people to tell, tell the story you. is gospel. Why is that yeah. the case so often? We, we see this on social media. Forget this part. Sharing without doing the smallest amount of research. Google search be damned. So-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. And if someone shows a link sometimes that disproves something because they're just trying to say this isn't true, fuck those links. 
Well, guess what? It's much well, but before the proliferation of the internet, it was much harder to publish your bullshit, right? Right. You had to be in like a fringe magazine or a a small, tiny print shops uh, a publisher. You know, just every Tom, Dick, and Harry couldn't get something published. But with with the advent of the internet, anybody can write anything at any time and claim it as gospel. Interestingly, though, I think before the internet, when things did go viral, it was harder to get people to let go of them. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, because it, if it was in print, it was true. Like peeing on a jellyfish wound. Whoever made that up is my hero. Because <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah, piss on that person. Or peeing on an electric fence, that that would shock you. <laughs> or shoving one up your ass. Yeah, you know, just, come on now. It's like uh, the old Ren and Stimpy, don't whiz on the electric fence. <laughs> Why do people want to make Nazis seem so much more advanced? Is it a coping mechanism so we can uh, deal with what happened? Is it just a fun lie? Is it all true? I mean, why, John? That's a big question. Why do you think people do Well, I, I have the answer right here. Uh, no, I I honestly think that it's bec- uh, it's kind of the the unknown there's a mystery there's an aura around the nazis like because they can't be normal people because they murdered six million jews and i think 10 million people i forget the exact numbers the normal groups of of human beings don't commit that level of genocide that checks out that's (laughs) true that's yeah so uh people are trying to figure out how to explain it and it's so much more explicable if there are uh Forces outside of just human nature, and and we all know that human nature is probably the worst force uh, when when used poorly. I just think I think it's the, the the mystique and the aura around around Nazis. Like when you say not, just think about it. When you say um, uh, when you talk about any of these Fordian topics, you talk about um, the 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 spear of destiny. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, and I mean that was the spear that that pierced Jesus. If that was real, it could hold some power. Then you say. The spear of destiny held by Hitler, and right, somehow right, right. that adds ten levels to it. Yeah, I I hate to use this because I don't want to put terms into people's mouth, but it almost is like fun for people. I think sometimes to 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 pretend like they were so advanced that we still beat them. Maybe. Yeah, it's that, and it's also uh, remember the first time you said "fuck" aloud, like when you were like you know six years old and you figured out you could, and it was like, ooh, I'm not supposed to say that. What if I said it again? Fuck. Ooh, there's like a rush. I, I think it, you know. I mean, I'm we don't talk about hell now. Well, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, yeah. Adolf, how's it hey going? Hey there, buddy. Um, I, I don't. I we don't talk about Nazis because they were um, horrible, murderous fucks. And uh, <laughs> and and so when. <laughs> but if also it, it al- you know the other thing I think Brent I think it is a it is a veiled way for hateful people to talk admiringly about the Nazis, too. Sometimes, uh, yeah. Not all the time. Of course not. Of course not all the time. I'm just saying there are certain people out there that use it for that. Yeah. They're also, on the flip side of that, talking about you know advancements and things, we're looking at a time, there were all those airship flaps of the late 1800s. You know, the, the 19th century can't be overlooked for the amount of things that were in the sky before things were in the sky. Then during World War II, things like I, I mentioned earlier, Foo Fighters, we got rockets galore going along, jet aircraft. Then you get into the stranger things of, you know, like the Nazi bell and things like that. People were at least, honestly, we know seeing things that they couldn't explain. What those were, we don't know. The world is at war, and the people that are waging this war, be it U.S. 
uh, airmen and people like that, we're seeing things in the sky. That kind of brings me to look at what's coming out in the news now. Time for another thought experiment, so to speak. Let's forget that we have no proof and just look at this as an event that could have taken place. Let's let's say, okay, maybe, maybe. As time goes by, or forget even this. Let's look at, you know, other stuff. As time goes by, it seems more and more like a question of not if, but when will we find out disclosure or what's going on, or at least more of a narrative of what is out there because of the things that we've seen. Uh, we're seeing things in the news and reports from government agencies of UAPs that seem to defy our known understanding of the world around us, physics, known laws thereof, things like that. If an advanced race, thought experiment, is visiting us, and that is a big if, but bear with me, with the stuff we're seeing, is it a far cry to believe they could have been here in the skies 80 years ago? I don't know. For me, no. If that's what's really going on, could one have crashed? Absolutely. Possibly. But there's no chain of evidence and just hearsay. I can't take things like this at face value. Shame on me, I guess, or or not. You know, That's my shortcoming or not, depending on how you look at it. But John, where do you fall on this? Do you fall on the line of thinking of now that you've said that you could see things maybe when we started the show, you didn't believe. And now you've said, oh, maybe. Where do you fall on that? Could there have been things in the sky that were of alien origin back then, even if it wasn't this? Far be it for me to say never about anything, you know, because that's like a wide sweeping question. Even if it wasn't this, was there anything in the sky? I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. Uh, People were definitely saying the, they were seeing it, whether they were or not. Yeah, yeah, question. yeah. And certainly some interesting. I, I think I think the we should eventually do the topic. The the Foo Fighter reports are certainly interesting. A couple things. Going back to one of the questions you you posed in there, you know, with you mentioned reports from government agencies. And just that phrase, I think, is something we could pause on. Government agencies can control the narrative. Absolutely. They can, that's inherent in the, the idea of disclosure. They have the information and they're choosing where and when to disclose it. We hope they have the information, at least. I hope they do. Another reason that we know so much about all of the shit that that fuckstick Hitler was up to is because their government fell apart. Their government died. Their government was torn asunder uh, at post-World War II. We grabbed half of it, and uh, the Russians grabbed the other half. So every document was analyzed. What the U.S. didn't want to keep for themselves and the Russians didn't keep for themselves, they made public. Every Nazi was interrogated. Like that, that level of scrutiny has never happened to the American government, right? Like, so it, I'm, my point is like, if the American government fell apart tomorrow and every person that worked in the American government was interrogated and it was all made public, we would learn a, a, about a lot more shit that they were experimenting with in the background. Oh, of course. And probably that the Nazi shit didn't stop when the Nazis stopped. But yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think that goes to help explain why we, um, why we associate the Nazis with so many things, because we know what they were working on. We don't necessarily know what other governments are working on. And then to your question about, could it have been out there? Sure. I just don't think that the stories that we hear around the Nazis and all of this fantastic bullshit, whether it be the Spear of Destiny, whether it be the Nazi Bell, whether it be the Black Forest UFO craft, I think all of it is 
horseshit. I, I think that people have glommed on to these 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 greater ideas of just Hitler being into Fordian topics, and they're like, oh, here, I'll play my Mad Libs game here. And you know, that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier when I talked about the 90s, uh, that a lot of the like people would just write books and go, yeah, I think this happened. You know, with no citing no sources or citing sources that were anonymous. Or in the late 80s and early 90s, their sources were the U.S. government telling them this shit because they were lying to them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, also, also, also very possible. So uh, uh, far be it for me to say that nothing anyone ever saw was real, but I don't think that the primary stories that, that roam around in pop culture for the most part are factual. But again, going back to the original point, it's so easy to glom onto because there were kernels of truth. We do know that Hitler was into the idea of UFOs. We do know that Hitler explored the occult. You know, there, when a, a person tells a story about you and it's just false and you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Think about if you're in these situations and you know that none of this was true, not this, just anything. And then you hear these outlandish, crazy stories and you just got to be like, <laughs> who the fuck is coming up with this? And then other people are like, no, it's true. I bet my life on it. Like, geez. Like, like, like you were a scientist in the SS and in the Third Reich, and it, you were literally front line of of the the work they were doing to try to see if they could bring people back to life and and killing Jewish people and seeing if they could bring them back to life. And then you hear the stories of, and then they cracked it, and there were Nazi zombies running. Around. Like, what? Wait, what? We did? Well, that's when you're like, this is such bullshit because like there weren't Nazi zombies. We found three downcraft, and uh, they weren't futures. They were aliens. And they were aliens. They were gray aliens, specifically from Alpha Centauri. Idiots. <laughs> uh, I just love the thought of just someone sitting there chewing on a fucking, you know, chomping on a uh, cigar, just being like these fucking idiots. <laughs> like the guy in the room that knows everything, chomping on it, just going to town. I don't know. Those are our thoughts. They're rambling. And just like, th guess what? This came from uh, anonymous people on the internet and people pass it around. And there's documentaries referencing it and stuff. And uh, yikes is what I'm getting We at. blame Angel Fire. Yeah. Hey, uh, thank God for the Wayback Machine because a lot of times I can't find things. I just go looking on there and it is... So much fun. <laughs> Where is that server farm? I know, right? Just how big is that server farm? You're right. Right. I don't know, John. Those are our thoughts. Where can they let us know their thoughts? Go to Hysteria Nation. It is our Facebook discussion group. All you do is hop onto Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. And while you're hopping on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hysteria 51. That is our regular page. And hop on Patreon, patreon.com slash Hysteria 51. You can find Up All Night's Mad Blurry Hysterias, radio dramas, all sorts of shenanigans. Voicemail, 773-669-7277. Again, 773-669-7277. Instagram, again, it's your homework. Follow us on Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us some thumbs up on some photos and loves and talking and then stuff on there. Look up Hysteria 51 on there. And if you forget any of this stuff, Hysteria51.com now actually working because I went through and made sure all the old episodes are updated and working. It was a chore. Enjoy it. I didn't. Uh, I had to manually <laughs> fix them all and everything is working on there again. So we are good to go. Kofopedia.com, it'll get you there too. The way you said that, I thought you were going to say, now with mint. <laughs> There's now a minty flavor of Hysteria51. Wintergreen. <laughs> <laughs> I, pr I prefer spearmint. Yeah. 
I was, I think I actually like Spearmint better too. That's awesome. I guess I don't know like what the differences are. Like if you were putting them in front of me, I wouldn't know what was what, but I just know. No, no. And it also depends on what form they're in. Like I like winto green lifesavers. Oh. Uh, but if you put a wintergreen uh, flavor stick of gum versus a spearmint stick of gum, I believe I prefer the spearmint. Form of water, shape of, <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever actually had peppermint, like the actual mint plant Leaves? peppermint? No. Uh-uh. It's called peppermint because it's like it's like almost spicy. It tastes minty, but there's like a peppery to it. Oh, wow. But it's not just a clever name. <laughs> um, grew some in my garden. It's, uh, yeah. You chew on it? Just throw it in your mouth? Yeah, it's, and it, actually what I did was I grew a bunch of regular mint, just like traditional mint, mm-hmm. and then I grew some peppermint because I'd never grown it, and I made I made this big batch of sun tea. I love sun tea. Uh, I put, a, put a, just a bunch of bags of tea in you know mm-hmm. big uh, big glass jar and let it sit out in the sun for a couple hours, and then you you know throw a bunch of ice in there and some fresh mint, some lemon. It's great, refreshing. I did that, that, and I picked mint from my garden. I was all stoked. I was like having a nice summer day, and I pour a big glass of it and take a huge draw, and I about spit it out, man. Like it was gross. <laughs> Baby, come take a pull off this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think I did that. I actually think I said, "Here, try this." Lincoln, like, you're you know, gonna love mil- it when, when the milk's gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't, uh, maybe other people like it. I don't, don't, I wouldn't recommend peppermint in your, in your uh, tea. Yeah, there you go. Well, kids, that's been our thoughts on peppermint tea and Nazi shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm a Brent. I've been peppermint tea. <laughs> He's been conspiracy bad. Stay woke meat sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.